0: These are all things that I need to overcome. These are traits. And so just as a professional athlete runs 24 miles or runs an ultra marathon, and they go back and they analyze, wow, I need to get better in this area. I need to strengthen this. I need to do that. I'm trying to strengthen my soul. That's just self-analysis. It's the pursuit to self-mastery. It's what any conscious human being who's trying to do self-improvement should be doing. We should all be doing it. This is what we do. We try and grow. We try and change ourselves. Nothing you do matters, unless what you do matters. I'm Amadong DeLerba, and this is Get Real or Die Trying. How we doing? Welcome to episode 26 of my podcast. You know, today is actually kind of a special day. It marks the six month anniversary of starting this podcast. For the last six months, I've been able to release a podcast a week in much thanks and gratitude to a dedicated team of people who helped me do this. I'd like to give a shout out to my cameraman and editor, Kayleen Fitzpatrick, to a producer and associate and helper with all things, Kazarian Gianangelo, my fellow Italian. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're doing good here. And of course, thank you to Global Change Media and the organization that allows me to do this, and to my spiritual teachers who allow me to do this, Gabe of Urancha, Neon Emerson Chase. It's just been a wonderful uh, learning opportunity for myself and for all of us involved. And it's actually been a dream of mine for a long time to, uh, to have a show. I wanted to uh, spend some time during this episode talking about that a little bit because uh, while we were digging through the archives, we came across an old video, a pilot uh, video of a concept that uh, for this show that I shot actually five years ago in 2015, five years old. I'm going to play that for you today, and uh, it's a video, and if you're just listening to the podcast, you'll hear the audio and uh, talk about it a little bit, you know. I think I've had the idea of Get Real or Die Trying" that concept as a name of a show for about eight years. Originally I wanted to do a talk show, a TV show, have guests on, kind of like a, you know, how Bill Maher had his HBO show, Real Time with Bill Maher. I was envisioning having a TV show series called Get Real or Die Trying" that really featured a lot of great people in conversation and spiritual, social, political but mostly around spiritual growth and, you know, having conversations about what's going on in the world and and so forth. And that this show, this podcast uh, will probably uh, evolve into that someday too. But really the concept that I want to touch on today after we watch this is having patience and also persistence. Uh, Patience and persistence to see things through, to see your dreams through. But the patience part comes because when you operate in the spiritual realms, you'll start to see that it's not about your self-will and pushing things through uh, based upon your own desire and force. It's about the Creator's timing. It's about the correct timing when things are aligned to happen. Some people say the universe, some people say whatever, they don't want to acknowledge the personality creator, but there is an intelligent universe and it is created by an intelligent personality creator. And the creator's timing for things that happen in our lives and our destiny purpose and our fulfillment is not always our timing. This is something that my father and spiritual teacher Gabriel of Urantia has talked about endless times in his spiritual talks and teachings that he gives weekly for many, many years. It really is the great struggle of any activated, woke, spiritual person to really match their self-will with the Creator's will. It's a struggle. So let's dive into uh, checking out this video. Once again, this is a pilot, little episode, short, it's like three minutes long, that I shot five years ago uh, for my Get Real or die trying then concept for a little TV show I wanted to do. Let's dive in. How you doing? My name is Amelon DeLerba. This is the test pilot edition of a new upcoming show I want to be doing called Get Real or Die Trying. Today, I want to talk about righteousness versus self-righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be self-righteous? In my personal opinion, I strive to have moral, spiritual, Social righteousness, which means I try and uphold standards and I expect people in my presence and in my life to uphold those standards as well. What does it mean to be righteously angry, righteously indignant at the injustice that happens in the world? Well, if you're complacent and you're lazy in your mind, you don't care that people are being treated unjustly. So I try and be righteous. Self-righteous is something altogether different. Self-righteous is when people try to be righteous, but they are not secure enough, they are not committed enough, they are not disciplined enough to actually be truly righteous. So they're more prideful, and they're self-righteous. Uh, you see this a lot in a lot of acts of life. People choose to adopt a certain lifestyle of spirituality or a diet, even vegans, and all of a sudden they're better than you. It's bull. Vegans, you know, oh, oh, you're eating a burger. Oh, no. <laughs> It's okay. I understand. Uh, Once you get to a higher level of consciousness that I have achieved, you will realize that uh, you're really making a wrong choice. And uh, that's bullshit. If you want to actually treat someone with respect and maybe train them to make higher choices, lead by example. When you do that, the person who's eating the burger just wants to be like, F off. You know what I'm saying? Get real. So I want to talk about spiritual righteousness too. You know, just because I choose to live a certain way in my life, I try and be spiritual, which basically to me, what being spiritual is, is being a nice person, being a loving person, not being an asshole. Let's make it that simple. Let's just try and not be a every day. That's what being spiritual is. Not, oh, I do yoga and I read the Yoga Nanda Sananda Handa Handa and my new spiritual name is Flying Lotus and all of a sudden I'm better than you because I do this and I do yoga and I do that and I meditate. Please get real, cut the b. Be a nice person. That's being spiritual. I'll see you next time. That's some good stuff there. <laughs> oh, let's break that down a little bit. That's uh, that's pretty fun. So I'm talking about self-righteousness, which I think is a huge, huge subject. And uh, of course, I'm not uh, saying that I'm all, at all void of self-righteousness. I think I talk about it because I think anybody who attempts to live by spiritual standards, moral standards, a set of virtues, religious standards, whatever they choose to do, is subject to have self righteousness at times. Anybody, we all do it. It's becoming aware of it and catching it. And you know, self righteousness isn't also just associated to spirituality and religion, although that is a very prevalent uh, area that we see it in. I kind of joked about the vegans uh, and people who become woke in their in their dietary life and uh, their health and fitness and awareness of their body, which is a wonderful thing to be aware of that and what you consume and how you treat your body and how you exercise. But there there can also be a very real self righteousness around that. How you doing? My name is Amadon Delerba. This is the test pilot edition. Name hasn't we'll changed in five show years I want to be doing called Get Real or Die It could have became like Flying Lotus. Today I want to talk about righteousness versus self righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be self-righteous? You know, I think it's interesting because I didn't actually touch on righteousness as much. I talked about self-righteousness, which is easy to to joke about and and, and talk about and identify when we ourselves or people around us are being self-righteousness. But the act of being righteous is an interesting thing to think about. And I think as human beings, we can tend to not have the courage and the strength to be righteous in moments that we need to be to me, being righteous is having honor and integrity and the courage to voice that and to take a stand. Righteousness is taking a stand for something, for what you believe in, for your convictions, for what you feel is right and wrong. Not being a feather that blows in the wind, not being a leaf that blows in the wind, or a reed that just blows over in the wind, but being strong and committed to what you believe and taking a stand and being righteous. And you can do that without being self-righteous and arrogant. You can do it by just your actions, by your words, and by living, most importantly, what you believe. In opinion: I strive to have moral, spiritual, social righteousness. Moral, spiritual, and social righteousness. Those are some things that seem to be really missing from society today. Moral righteousness, what does that mean? We're losing our morality as human beings, and especially Western culture the lines of what is right and wrong are being blurred. They're being erased. The new normal is bullshit. It's terrible. It hurts people. It hurts yourselves. And we need to come back to common sense, uh, a concept that is not so common anymore, and a concept that my spiritual teachers, Gable of Urantia and the Emerson Chase, did a beautiful teaching on this last Sunday about the lack of common sense. Gable of Urancha talks about the fact that common sense really is simply hearing from the Creator. We like to romanticize, we like to complicate, we like to make the act of hearing from the Creator something mysterious and esoteric, when often it's just using common sense. Now when you remove common sense from people's decision-making, their thought process, and from society as a whole, you lose your spiritual righteousness, you lose your morals. Which means I try and uphold standards, and I expect people in my presence and in my life to uphold those standards as well. Expecting others in your life to uphold the standards, and of course upholding them yourself, the spiritual standards, again, I feel like Americans especially have lost their standard of living. I was having a conversation with a lovely woman who's in her late 80s recently. She's so proper, she's so respectful, she's so classy, she's so dignified. Women and men from that age and from that generation were taught these things, and they carried it into their adulthood, obviously. And you don't see that in millennials. You don't see that in the children today. We've lost that. It's not being passed down. Our culture is not proper. And I don't mean to be prudish and to be uptight and to be in a box. I just mean to show some respect and to have some common sense. Well, what does it mean to be righteously angry, righteously indignant, at the injustice that happens in the world. Well, if you're complacent and you're lazy in your mind, you don't care that people are being treated unjustly. Another important one, not caring because you're complacent about injustice in the world. What does it mean for us personally to be righteously angry, I said, righteously angry? That's a tough one because I think a lot of spiritists and people who uh, really try and live a religious lifestyle can actually get mad at God. I know I can, and you can question why things happen. You can get angry at God at times for, in your mind, not understanding why He allows things to take place, suffering, etc. We've all been there. Righteously angry is an interesting thing because you really have to be other-oriented. There can't be any self attached to the concept of righteous anger. Anger often stems from a self-absorption, self-importance, and it's about what you're angry about in yourself. Now, righteous anger to me isn't about yourself. It's anger for injustices and things taking place outside of yourself, and for what you've observed and you realize, and you wish to control it, you wish to help these circumstances, these people, these scenarios where injustice takes place, and you may not be able to. Plus anger can come about. We can't always save and help everybody and everything. And so there is an idea and a concept behind feeling angry about it. Now, what do you do with that anger? How do you transcend that anger? How do you morph that anger into productiveness? So I try and be righteous. Self-righteous is something altogether different. Self-righteous is when people try to be righteous, but they are not secure enough, they are not enough. They're not disciplined enough to actually be truly righteous. Committed enough, self-disciplined enough to be truly righteous. That's an interesting concept actually when I really think about that now. It's like to be a truly righteous man or woman and to be someone who can speak from that and not be a hypocrite or be self-righteous, you have to live it. You have to be, you have to lead from the front. You have to personify your teachings. We all do. And there's a great risk in speaking your ideals because the great risk is you are a hypocrite when you don't personify and live those. We all do it. I'm a hypocrite. I still strive to live in a higher way. I don't give up on myself when I fail. I know at times I can be hypocritical as long as I catch that, see that, correct it, don't let it harm too many people, don't let it harm myself for too long and try and adjust. That's okay. Most people don't actually voice their high ideals because they're afraid of, one, being held accountable by the people around them. So if I say, hey buddy, I'm not gonna smoke cigarettes anymore, and then he sees me around the corner smoking a cigarette, he knows I'm not living up to my ideals. Of course, I never smoked a cigarette in my life, but that's just an example. But if I voice it, my buddy knows it, he sees me doing it, then he knows I'm not living to my ideals. Then there's a a sense of not living and being worthy and, and personifying what we want to, so it does take tremendous discipline, something that I lack, and something I'm trying to grow into and something I'm trying to be inspired by others and really follow their teachings and their lives who have tremendous discipline. And there's people out there who really do. Sometimes that discipline is used in different ways and not necessarily just for spiritual ascension. It's used for, you know, um, like a lot of professional. Athletes, and I talked about this one of my episodes about boxing, have tremendous discipline and I respect that because I don't have that same level of discipline. Yeah, Are they being driven by making money and all that? Probably. But at the end of the day, it would be self-righteous of me to think that I have more discipline than them when I don't. I'm not training eight hours a day. I'm not cutting things out of my life so that I can be the best athlete they are. So they have more discipline in me in a lot of ways, and it's okay to recognize that, be inspired by that, and say you can implement it into your own life. Righteous. So they're more prideful and they're self righteous. Uh, you see this a lot in a lot of acts of life. People choose to adopt a certain lifestyle of spirituality or a diet, even vegans, and all of a sudden they're better than you. <laughs> <laughs> vegans, you know, oh, oh, you're eating a burger. Oh that's <laughs> okay. I understand Uh, once you get to a higher level of consciousness that I have achieved, you will realize that uh, you're really making a wrong choice. And uh, if you want to actually treat someone with respect and maybe train them to make higher choices, lead by example. (laughs) That's a good one. That's going to piss off a lot of my friends. Um, Hey, look, it's, it's, it's a complex subject. There's the environmental aspect of eating meat. I don't want this episode to be about veganism, but the simple fact is there is an environmental impact to eating mass-produced meat that is very, very real. It takes like 1,200 gallons of water to produce like a pound of beef, and all of these things are very, very true. And for all practical purposes, the way that meat is produced on this planet, we should pretty much all be vegans. Now, that being said, I find that it's one of the areas where people can be the most self-righteous. And it's an interesting thing because being passionate about what you believe and what you feel and how you want to change the world and being self-righteous are two very different things. I grew up eating meat that I raised myself, killed myself, (laughs) cooked myself in a community on a farm essentially. And so that my relationship around harvesting meat was very different and organic and natural compared to most of the world, who is going to the store and buying meat from a plant that was brought in from wherever and these animals were treated inhumanely and raised inhumanely and all of that. And so I have a different perspective uh, on, on the consciousness around consuming meat. Now do I think that the highest thing probably for the planet and is for us all to not consume meat? Yes, I do think that. Do I think that we are at a place as a humanity to get there? No. Do I have the wisdom to realize that forcing my opinion about that onto other people is going to, you know, get get us nowhere? Yes, I do have the wisdom to realize that this is not something you can force upon people and it doesn't change their spiritual status per se. Is their level of consciousness around the subject of their diet and eat, eating meat and being a vegan and all that different than yours? Yes. Consciousness levels is a very complex subject. Do they get treated with disrespect because they have a different outlook on how they consume food in their body than you? No. that's pretty simple. And uh, a lot of people think they're better than somebody else because they've arrived at a a place of what they think is a higher consciousness than the person down the street who's eating a Big Mac. And the fact of the matter is they have arrived at it, but they lose all the respect when they dwell in that. They lose respect from the people when they force it upon them, and it's not being real. Because look, let's be real. And frankly, a lot of these most self-righteous vegans I've ever seen, they're probably the ones behind their car in the middle of the night chomping down burgers to be honest with you <laughs> when you do that the person who's eating the burger just wants to be like f, there you f go. off you know what i'm saying yeah real <laughs> so i want to talk about spiritual rights i can talk too. about it because i've dealt with these people many many times uh our organization was blessed to have a restaurant uh in tucson arizona food for ascension cafe which i miss tremendously And we served plant-based food only and all organic and sourced locally. It was incredible. It was the ideal way for human beings to eat. Um, And in that, you meet people who who become quite self-righteous about their dietary choices. And it's the same thing as being a religionist or a fundamental Christian who thinks you have to be washed in the blood and who beats you over the head with the Bible. It's the same repelling energetic nature that you get from them, that you get from these people. And so people who are anti-religion, anti-God, anti-this, and the boxes of fundamental thinking and the forceful nature of that have the same type of repulsion and you're trying to, it's like when you're the Bible bashes, you're trying to beat someone over the head with the Bible to accept Jesus in their heart and you're just trying to beat them over the head with your tofu book to accept not eating meat. It's the same thing. It's not an effective way to do it. It's self-righteousness. There's better ways. Educate them and live by example, which you are if you're a vegan, which is great, but inspire them. Let's do. You know, just because I choose to live a certain way in my life, I try and be spiritual, which basically to me, what being spiritual is, is being a nice person, being a loving person, not being an Let's make it that simple. Let's just try and not be every day. (laughs) Well, that's obviously a very crude and simple way of putting it. But the reason why I like that is because we overcomplicate the act of being a loving person. We overcomplicate what it means to be spiritual. We overcomplicate these ideas around being a well-balanced human being. And we like to think that it means so much more than it actually does. Gable of Urantrum, over and over again, many, many teachings. Just be kind. Be a kind person. Now, as I've said in many of my podcasts, getting to the point of kindness and compassionate thinking takes work. So being kind means you have to eradicate the idiot in yourself who wants to be competitive with the guy next door, who wants to be jealous of the girl next door. It takes work to be kind. So yes, it's the concept is simple, but is it easy to be truly kind all the time? Mm, not, 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 not always. And so I think it's important for we as individuals to recognize that because Yes, the concept of running a marathon, you can, oh, I have to run 24 miles. I can train. It's doable. And you do it. But you don't just not recognize the obstacles and the training and what's needed and the work and the sodium pills to keep your salt levels up and all these things you have to take into account so that your body doesn't crash 20 miles in, you know, you plan for it. It's kind of like plan for kindness, plan about going through your day with kindness. Keep yourself in check, have self-mastery, have self-discipline. When somebody pisses you off, contain yourself. Every single person is going to want to react in a different way, usually a lower way. If somebody says they don't, they're full of they're self-righteous. Truly spiritual people exercise self-mastery over their lower selves to the point where then they are always in control. It's not that they don't feel these things, it's not that they don't want to smack this person in the face for being a buffoon. Some might want to smack someone more than others. But it's more that they control it and they transcended those urges through a lot of hard work. So kindness takes work. The whole concept of the spiritual master, the guru, the Buddha, they're loving and they're smiling and they're kind, they got to that point through tremendous work and self-mastery. Don't forget that. That's what being spiritual is, not, oh, I do yoga and I read the Yogananda, Sananda, Handa, Handa. And my new spiritual name is Flying Lotus and all of a sudden I'm better than you because I do this and I do yoga and I do that and I meditate, please get real. <laughs> okay. Of course I'm being sarcastic there. Hey, look, I'm all for getting a spiritual name. Um, so I'm not, you know, what I'm getting at there and joking about that is again, people making their practices, their spirituality, doing yoga doesn't make you more spiritual than the person outside who's not doing yoga. What you eat, what you read does not. None of these things make, you know, reading the Urantia book, reading the Bible, studying the Quran, reading some Indian guru, you know, sitting for hours meditating and burning the sage and whatever it is that we all can do to think that we're separating ourselves. And because we somehow have a ritual or a practice does not make us more kind and more loving and more spiritual than the person next door. It doesn't it makes you different maybe it makes you slightly more intentional perhaps but doesn't make you kinder if you're not if you're meditating for hours a day and you're not more kind you're not meditating right <laughs> and i think a lot of people don't meditate right because when you meditate you should be meditating on how to become a better person how to be more kind and i know this because i don't meditate enough because when i do It's actually quite terrifying because there's a large, large list of things that I need to overcome. And so my meditation isn't some blissful thing where I'm floating on some crystal lake somewhere, basking in the the sage-burning loveliness of life. No, no, my meditation is hearing very clearly and seeing on the wall the sticky notes of all of my and lower patterns that I need to overcome. That's my meditation, and and it's a good thing because it takes time to clear the mind, clear the bookshelves of our minds where it's just full of junk, clear it out, put things in their proper place, and then attack these problems, change them, work on them. Be real, cut the b- it. be a nice person. That's being spiritual. I'll
1: yep. see you next time.
0: That's it right there. And Being a nice person is what really being spiritual is. You know, I love this concept, and I can't take credit for this because it's my father. It's what he's taught his whole life, and he's never been a self-righteous person. 24 years old, when he had a, a spiritual experience and he gave his heart to the Creator, he then really pursued his spirituality through service, through, through service to others. And in, in that time, it was in many in most of his life, it was to the homeless and to the people of the street, the street people, the people who had nothing. You know, he wasn't preaching to the choir. He was going to the poor in spirit and feeding them. He was going to the hungry and feeding them. That's service, service to others. It's easy to talk to the choir about things they already know. But teaching and ministering and helping and serving people who don't know and giving them new information, new insight, giving them inspiration, that's true ministry. That's true work. That's true inspiration. And that's what we need to do. And when you do that though. That's the trick. You can't come off as like you're better than them because you're not better than them. Maybe you've learned a few more things. Maybe you're different from them. Maybe you're at a different place in your ascension path, but you're not better. You're not better because you're, you know, you've accepted something in your life that's helped you grow, which is great. So there's a balance of accepting, oh, wow, I've made these right choices. I've accepted this and this. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. I've committed to this ritual, I've committed to this practice. Therefore, I've seen personally these incredible changes take place in my life. And so, wow, I am a better person because of it. That's great. That's a personal experience. You are a better person because of those choices you made, if you've experienced that. But you can't go to someone and say you're better than them because you've made those choices for yourself. That's the mistake of a lot of religionists today, a lot of people who are on the path of trying to convert others into what they believe, what they think. And it's not just religion. It's the path of keto. It's the path of veganism. It's the path of running 10 miles a day. It's whatever path that you think has made you better and that makes you better than someone else because you've committed to it and that they should do it too because it'll make them better. That doesn't inspire someone. Again, being a nice person, being loving, being kind, and being truly concerned and other-oriented is the ticket. These are things I'm learning and trying to put into practice every day. I fail. I make the mistakes. I'm not here talking because I think I know and because I live it to perfection. I can only talk about it because I'm trying and I strive for it. And my spiritual elders, my teachers, have set the parameters, <clears throat> they've set the standards, they've set the, the goals, and I'm trying to strive for them. Let's talk a little bit about the Creator's timing. Again, I started this podcast today about, you know, showing a clip that was five years old and we just went through that clip and my desire, you know, I've always had a desire to uh, share my thoughts with people. Be a public personality, be an actor, be a writer, be a musician, be these things to share with the world. Does everybody have that desire in their heart? I don't know. I don't think so. Some people don't, some people do, but many, many people do, and if you're one of those people, You know, I encourage you to pursue that. And oftentimes we're not ready when we, as soon as we think we are. I think for me personally, five years ago when I made this, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. I thought I was. It took five years to get ready. That's the timing. And I still may not be fully ready, um, but I'm trying. And why wasn't I ready? Well, I had a lot to learn. I had a lot of ego and I still do, I'm still overcoming it. But I had things I had to learn in my life. I think where I'm at in my life right now from five years ago when I made this video is a very different place in my life. I'm a married man now. I'm a father. I have two children. I've gone through some serious life situations. Um, I've broken bones, broken hearts, (laughs) almost died. (laughs) There's been some serious situations that have taken place in the last five years of my life that have shaped me, that have shifted my consciousness, and that have helped me to grow. And I've, I've changed some things about myself, but I have a long way to go. Uh, and why am I saying all this? Well, because you may be listening to this, you may be watching this, you may have a dream and aspiration, you may think you're not good enough, or that you're not there yet. And it's not about being good enough, it's just about being ready. Our souls all have things that we have to overcome, things that we have to learn. And we are going to learn those things in time. And it takes time. And it takes spiritual elders. That's really one of the most important things. And for me, I'm blessed in my life that my parents, Gabe of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, they're my elders. They're not just my parents. They're my spiritual teachers and elders. I'm blessed to be taught by them every day in formal settings, like Sunday teaching in different situations but also informally in every message, in every email, in every text, in every passed by moment when I pass them by, I'm being taught. I'm being crafted. I'm being shaped. I'm being taught things. I'm blessed because of that. So blessed. There's millions of people in the world who don't have that. They don't have mentors. They don't have teachers. They don't even have loving parents. It's a terrible thing. It's a sad thing. And so patience for me is is a virtue that I am really striving for and need to grow in. I'm not a patient person. You can ask my wife, you can ask my parents, you can ask my family, you can ask my friends, my associates, people who work with me. I'm not patient. Patience can lead to intolerance, and intolerance can lead to self-righteousness, actually. And impatience can lead to self-pity as well. I can have self-pity. These are all things that I need to overcome. These are traits. And so just as a professional athlete runs 24 miles or runs an ultra marathon, and they go back and they analyze, wow, I need to get better in this area, I need to strengthen this, I need to do that, I'm trying to strengthen my soul, that's just self-analysis. It's the pursuit to self-mastery. It's what any conscious human being who's trying to do self-improvement should be doing. We should all be doing it. This is what we do. We try and grow. We try and change ourselves. So that's the path, my friends. Patience is what I'm trying to work on. And I'm glad this podcast finally came to fruition. It really took some time and it took me, uh, it took me to humble myself and grow in some areas spiritually and for things to align. And in your life, if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen by spiritual growth. It's karma. And these principles are not easily taught in a 20-minute podcast. I'm just planting the seeds for you to maybe look into it yourself and to these principles of karma, timing, growth. What goes around comes around. (laughs) You know, when the people say the universe aligns, but it's really God. God's aligning things to happen in your life. If you don't believe in God, then nothing I'm saying matters to you. Or you can take what I'm saying and apply it to whatever you believe in. But it is God, it is the Creator, and it's a bigger subject than uh, I can cover at all in this podcast. But I talk about it in some way, on almost every podcast, the idea of the Creator's really active presence in our lives and making things happen. So that's the faith, my friends, that we got to have. That's the strength that we got to have. And it does take perseverance as well and commitment, not losing the dream, staying strong, staying true. Staying steady. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Amadon DeLerba. Check out my website at getrealordietryin.com. Leave me a voicemail on anchor.fm slash dietrine. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any of the platforms you listen on. Be sure to follow me on social media and share this podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to share the vibe. Get real or die trying with Amadon DeLerba as a production of Global Change Media. And remember, pain is temporary, victory is eternal. Where? Wow. I used to be so good Just looking for that yeah. Definitely yeah. some weight. Highlighting like Entrez Shell Design. He could be a sponsor of this episode. It would be nice? A glass of blended orange juice and ice with a tinge of milk in it. There you go. Like a candle burning. Just that time. <laughs> But well, you know, I look is, a little too scared turn it so it's like tr- the angle. the biceps? Oh <laughs> yeah, a little more. Okay. Are you rolling? Oh, wait. Turn off your phones.